Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This is just a short conversation as I pick Tyler's brain about some of the really exciting stuff that has been going on in the pro world. Uh, we've had, we've seen really exciting races, uh, both men's and women's, in the world championships, which just happened in Imola, Italy, about uh, two weeks ago. We talk about that. We talk about Liège and the crazy finish that happened there. Uh, between the very recently anointed world champion uh, Julian Alaphilippe and how he got just nipped right at the line by Primoz Roglic who devastatingly lost the tour on basically the last day so just a whole bunch of drama going on in the pro world and we just wanted to weigh in on that a little bit so we hope that you enjoyed this episode it's uh, not a long one but we just delve into a little bit of that stuff and some of the strategy behind that because obviously Tyler has lot of experience in that world thank you everybody for listening we really appreciate it and as always if there are um, if you're interested in supporting the podcast the best way that you can do that is by word of mouth and of course social media so if there's somebody in your life that you think would enjoy the pod and the content that we have on it and the guests that we have on it please share it with them and um, if you're able to like, share posts and any of the content that we're releasing on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we'd love it if you could do so. Also, love to hear from you. So if you have questions about what's happening in the pros right now, if you want Tyler's opinion on any of those things, if it's something that you heard on the pod that you'd like us to get further into, whatever, reach out anytime. DM us on any of our social media channels or shoot us an email to adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. And we're going to have another episode up in just a couple of days with a really cool guest. Thank you. A little bit of a different episode today. We just want to talk about some of the stuff that's been happening in this condensed pro cycling season because it's interesting. Um, Starting with uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Worlds. So Anna Vanderbregen from yeah, the Netherlands, yeah, yeah. Yeah. she <clears throat> pulled off a very rare double, won the time trial and the road race. Uh, but she, it's not like she came out of nowhere. She uh, won oh, yeah. gold in the Giro, uh, uh, so in the Rio Olympics, mm-hmm. and uh, is previous world champion, I think, from uh, 2018. But just a beast. But did you... Uh, did you, do you do you know much about her? Did you catch up on either of those two races? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's just you know she's been at the um, really front of the women's peloton for a long time now, and you know she's been uh, getting great results, and not just her, but really the whole Dutch team. You know, they've been uh, they've been just impressive over the years. You know, when I back when I was racing, uh, they were really at the top, and they still are to this day, and so it's just impressive. You know, and they could have probably done it with several different riders. Um, yeah. So yeah, hats off to the, to all of them. Pretty sure, crazy yeah. result. Yeah, and then really in the neat. men's in the men's uh, worlds, Filippo uh, uh, Ganna won the from Italy won the time trial, yeah. and then won the opener of the Giro, which we'll get to the in a little prologue. bit. So yeah, he's, I saw he's that. a beast. Yeah, and, yeah, then, and young uh, too, young, big talent, big talent. Yeah, yeah, you know? big time. Um, and he also won another stage the other day, uh, that had a mountaintop finish and he's a, that's right. They say he's a pretty like big guy, I think over 80 kilograms, but like, uh, tons mm-hmm. of power. And, uh, the Italian media is saying that maybe someday he could contend for a, for a grand tour, you know? 
So that's pretty cool. That would be really a cool. big guy for a grand tour. Yeah, you know, you probably have to shed a few kilograms, but you know, I don't know. Big Mig was a big, pretty good sized rider, you know, Miguel Indurain. So um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was like six six two. 170-something something like pounds, probably, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was just a you know monster on the bike, yeah. So maybe, maybe. So, so yeah, absolutely. And, but he's young. He's young. I think he's only, I think he's in his first or second year as a pro, so, you know. So that's pretty bonkers. I think yeah. he, he had a great quote um, after he, after the prologue. He said something about, if uh, if you told me that I would win the prologue of the Giro in the, cha- in the World Champions time trial jersey, I would have told you to drink less. <laughs> this is cool. Uh, that's great. And then fast forward a few days later, he wins a mountaintop finish in the Giro. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There you Seems go. Like All Scott's these young it. kids are, you know, young uh, riders are just excelling to the top really fast. It's um, it's nice to see, and a lot of yeah, a lot of names I really didn't know about. So it's well, cool. It, it's cool being a fan. Would typically happen much earlier in the year. Uh, these were mm-hmm. in Imola, Italy, which I think was where they were originally scheduled for Switzerland. I think Switzerland, yeah, yeah, and they had to be, um, yeah, not only rescheduled but put uh, in a put in a new new location. Yeah, yeah. So but, uh, um, they, but did a good, they did a good job rallying, and yeah, oh yeah, beautiful shots. I mean, especially from the ro- the men's and women's uh, road race. The road races, uh, they had some just. Uh, insane camera shots yeah that's helicopter. what i thought too. yeah yeah or totally stunning or stuff yeah drones or yeah. helicopters or whatever they were doing yeah uh, but, really neat what a great course i hope hopefully they'll use that some more you know beautiful beautiful scenery stunning. yeah and yeah. then in the men's road race uh julian alaphilippe yeah. yeah julian yeah, alaphilippe yeah. wins yeah. wins the first uh wins a, he's the first french men's champion on the road race in 23 years so a 23 huge deal. years wow wow yeah, yeah yeah i think the last guy was uh laurent brochard who i raced against yeah. i think that was in really? 1997 in san sebastian spain yeah that's right 97 yeah yeah, yeah well, i was not. there that was yeah um yeah what, really what cool really cool and like you know good good i was there i did the worlds in 97 yeah really yeah, i don't i don't think it did anything spectacular but yeah, i was there okay so i was there obviously a big exciting result for him and then we see uh liege bestange liege happen uh just last weekend and an absolute stunner oh, so yeah. I get into oh, that yeah. one but man it's just a just a metaphor for sports and a metaphor for uh for life uh, how high you can be and then have something go like that Oh yeah, you know, I mean, he thought he, had, you know, Alaphilippe, um, yeah, he thought he had to had to win, and you know, just before the line, went into his victory salute, and uh, sure enough, uh, Primoz Roglic came up and pipped him on the line. You know, it reminded yeah. me of uh, Eric Zabel back in uh, Milan San Remo. He did the same thing, and who was it? Oscar, I think the Spaniard Oscar Frere, maybe. I think yeah. he pipped him on the line. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, right. you know, he won't do that again. That's for sure. But, uh, Unreal. Yeah, missed, missed opportunity, but, uh, exciting race. And it's not, well, actually, if you go back, he's, he, um, he deviated his line in the sprint. So he got, he would have been relegated anyways. Yeah. As it turned out, he <clears throat> probably wouldn't have got the win anyways, as a result yeah. of that. But, but, yeah. uh, man, talk about like life lessons about, first of all, don't count your chickens before they've hatched. 
easy sure. to say from the, from armchair quarterbacking it. But then for Primo's yeah. Roglic, amazing oh, after what happened in the yeah. tour. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I was really happy for him for sure. You know, I mean, after what happened to him in the tour was just devastating, and I felt, you know, I'm still, I'm rooting for him for next year for sure. And me uh, too. Yeah, me it too. was nice to see him win Liège. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the, it's the oldest race in the ca- on the calendar. It started in 1892. The oldest classic, 128 mm-hmm. years it's been going on. Obviously with some interruptions with wars, but um, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And hats race. off to uh, Slovenia. They had three guys in the top four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Pogachar was fourth. I think, I think. Well, I think after uh, Alaphilippe got pushed back to fifth i think he was third okay i think and then i think uh this um i don't even know how to say his name some another guy was fourth from uh from another team bar or i don't even know how to say the name of the team but um but yeah so three guys in the top four pretty cool so i look back to the 2003 uh edition of this race uh because one of the podcasts hosts of this podcast won that race so um in looking back at that like i was interested to know and i think some of our listeners are too from some chatter and some questions that i've received how much in such a long race at what point are you starting to 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 try and move up and get in a position where you might be in a break and then when that break happens how much talking are you doing with the other riders about who's on the front and is there some is there some negotiating going on in that position to try and keep away from the peloton? How's that? How did it play out in 03? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, typically, yeah, you don't want to be. And how does it uh, kind of go usually? Yeah, in a race like that, you know, the you, yeah, it's Liège Baston Liège. It's in the um, Belgian Ardennes. Ardennes. Super, you know, it's, they're like shark's teeth. Up, down, up, down, up, down all day. On the way out to Liège, I would say it's a little less lumpy, but then the way back is just up, down, up, down the whole time. Um, and you want, yeah, you need to be in the front or pretty close to the front, the, you know, at least in the last 80 kilometers for sure. Um, and that, yeah, well, you said once you get in a breakaway, yeah, you know, yeah, you speak to the other riders, you know, you um, you try to help mo- try to help motivate each other. Um, and, you know, if you riders not pulling through very strong, you try to give them a little bit of encouragement, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the finish there at Liege has changed a little bit. It used to, now it finishes kind of on a, on the flats after, um, after a climb, but, uh, right. back when I was racing, it finished kind of on an uphill and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like that finish more maybe maybe because i did it i did it a bunch of times uh, with that finish and uh but yeah really hard hard race up down all day i mean the first time i ever did it was in um 1997 i believe and you know i barely finished i remember it was just hanging on for dear life and and i always thought I'd, I'd i'd like to come back and and uh do well at that race and yeah 2003 i i was able to win you know with a little little bit of luck made the break on the second to last climb with maybe five six seven other riders and then there were a bunch of attacks and it was on the downhill um and it was raining and it was on the downhill there was a bunch of attacks and i just countered and i think i even stayed in the saddle it was just uh 
just on the other side, attacked on the other side of the road. I think there was hesitation. And yeah, once I got that gap, I just put my head down and, you know, made them work really hard to try to catch me. You broke the elastic. I just just time time traveled to the finish, really. So, but it's, it's funny to look back on it. And we talked about this off of the podcast, but you look behind you, I don't know, like a dozen (laughs) times in like the last kilometer. Cause it's like, I don't know. Could you not believe it? Like you just probably, I don't know why. I mean, I remember people giving me grief about that later. Like you look back like a thousand times. I I mean, obviously I wasn't very used to being out in front like that in such a big race. I mean, I was probably a little bit shocked and, you know, surprised and like, holy cow, I, I have a chance to win this thing, you know? I mean, um, I had someone tell me, like, I'll, you know, I'll never be successful there at that race. And so that race gave me a little extra extra motivation. You know, you know I had a really strong team behind me that day, uh, Team CSC. And um, I had one teammate, this uh, Danish guy, <clears throat> Nicky Sorensen, who was just just a beast. And he was able to pull back a breakaway who actually, uh, Lance was in that breakaway he, with a, a Spanish guy and he was able to pull them back or at least keep them in check. And then, yeah. So without a good, without a strong team, I, I wouldn't have been, been able to win that race. And they kept me really out of the wind the whole day until the most crucial part of the race. And so, yeah, it was a team effort for sure. I felt very lucky. Because these classics are so long, you know, to like for context, I mean, it's 102, 258 kilometers. Like that's a, it's a massive day. It's like the racing doesn't even really heat up and start until you've gotten yeah. well yeah. past the Asian. Then you're well on the way back before it really gets hot. Right. Yeah. I remember it took me like that day. I don't know. It, I didn't really feel really good till like four hours in. And then I started feeling like, okay, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a long day. It's whatever, six and a half hour race. And um, but yeah, you want to you want to be really good in those last couple hours. Um, but yeah, just br- a brutal race. I mean, what, I I think it's one of the hardest one day races in the in the world. I mean, it has to be with that climate. Yeah. You know what I couldn't find, and I know that the course changes uh, from year to year subtly. Yeah. But the general format's been the same for a really long time. But approximately how many feet of elevation gain? is that race usually you know i don't even know i don't even know i, I would say a lot i'd love i'd guess somewhere between like 15 and twenty thousand feet I guess. yeah yeah it's a it's a big one yeah. so yeah uh, I mean, and we go and uh yeah we go and preview the course like what we do usually do flesh balloon on a wednesday and then liege was on a sunday we'd preview the course on a friday and do like the last like maybe 80k of the race you know just eight, the last 80 K and you'd be exhausted from that. Just, you know, <laughs> just reconning it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the recon. Totally. Totally. So That's yeah, crazy. beautiful area. And you know, the Belgian Ardennes are just spectacular. If you like to ride your bike, you know, go check it out for sure. For sure. Very cool. Yeah. It was a very cool race. It was fun to, to watch. I'm glad that it happened. Mm, um, yeah. That's off yeah. to Roglic, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't give absolutely. up. Absolutely. Don't give up. Don't good. give up. Yeah, yeah. You know, to sure. to win a to win a two hundred and eighty or two hundred fifty eight kilometer race by a by a tire width. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's bike racing for you. You know, it is. It's wild. So, so yeah. now, what have you heard about um, Roubaix? Is it going to happen? 
Oh, I just read uh, just before uh, we got on this call. Um, yeah, I just read it got canceled. It's canceled for this year. Uh, Northern France is uh, experiencing high rates of COVID right now. So, yeah, cancellation for 2020. Damn, hey. I know. Bummer. Bummer. I feel bad it for is... all those riders who are, you know, specialists at races like that. You know, yeah. It's yeah. Tough. There's not that many opportunities and careers are short, right? Yeah, they are. But, you know, but on the flip side, like, hey, there's a season going on right now and like they're getting, <clears throat> although it's really compact, it's, you know, they're getting a heck of a lot of racing in, and, um, you know, absolutely better than nothing. And yeah, what, what a crazy season. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. You know, I, I was know. off the grid for the last few days and like it took me a while just to catch up on all the racing that I missed. Oh yeah, there's like all this you know, stuff that you just yeah. it's like it's crazy. And the Giro yeah. seems to be it's, that they It's already a week. The yeah, the Giro's already a week. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. And then Look, we've got yeah. Then we'll also pay some attention to um the Volta, which is going to be starting as the tours kind of wrapping up. They do overlap. It starts October 20th, which is only about a week and a half. So yeah, turning our attention to the Giro for just a moment. Uh, Jao Almeida from Portugal has the lead right now. He's got like a 40-some second lead. Yeah, you know, another young kid. I think he's like 22 years old. Maybe in his first year as a pro. I think in his first Grand Tour. I've got to say he's, I've never heard of him before. Got, yeah, same, same for me. Same for me. Um, but uh, hey, good for him. Good for him. He's a, a big, big talent. I think I think I read something that was second in the under 23 Giro a couple of years okay. ago. Oh, wait, or I might be getting you mixed up with that guy, Ghana. Sorry. But, um, but anyways, big talent, big talent. So do you, now for 43 seconds, there's stage seven. What are you, what are you doing if you're, if you're one of the leaders within, you know, a minute, two minutes of him, what's your strategy at this point? If you're a team director, you try oh, to claw yeah, back yeah, in uh, chunks or yeah. you try and blast it all in one crazy attack. Um, you know, I think there's third week and, uh, they hit the big, big mountains. And I think, uh, I think a lot of it. Riders kind of uh, and kind of low key right now, standing out of trouble and uh, trying to search for. Uh, I think um, yeah, that's where there will be one or lost, but you know, not try not to not lose any. Um, you know, these big mountains, you know, chunks, uh, so. It'll be exciting to watch for sure. And uh, yeah, here in the get on from Portugal. Yeah, there's, there's uh, a, lot a lot of big Americans yet to find. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we have some uh, bunch of. We didn't have too many Americans in the tour, but we have a bunch of Americans in the uh, in the Giro. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get a stage win or something. That'd be nice. So yeah. the Vuelta. What do you think Chris Froome's yeah. chances are here? He did. He didn't look uh, didn't look super strong in some of some of the past races that he's been in. He doesn't look like his old self. Um, and I'm I'm funny about sports. I when he was with Sky, I wasn't rooting for Sky because I like underdogs. 
Um, now he's yeah. an underdog, and I'm totally rooting for him there. But do you think he can get back? I mean, he's in his mid-30s now. He had a real bad injury. What do you think? Uh, yeah, anybody can do is Chris Froome. For, for, he's a, an incredible athlete. You know, it, it just no one really knows. Like, he had that bad accident uh, a year ago this last June. And, you know, he really hasn't come back and had a really big result since then. Uh, you know, that's what the sport of bike racing, it's just so, it's so fleeting, you know, one minute you can be on top of the world the next minute, you know, boom, a bad crash like that. He was out training and Augusta went, he was, took his hands off the bars. Um, Augusta went at his front wheel and he hit the deck. So, uh, but yeah, I'm certainly rooting for him. It'd be nice to see him, uh, win, or at least, you know, to have a successful race and to see him come back strong and, you know. Uh, hopefully we can see him for sure. Um, and, you know, I did, we kind of forgot to say, but his teammate, uh, Darren Pops, he's the team there, and, you know, had a, was uh, on good form coming into it, had a good prologue to, or good time trial at, uh, on stage one. It was, like, in prime position to um, to take the pink pink jersey and uh you know bike racing he hits a a water bottle in the neutral zone before the race officially even starts and fractures his hip he's out you know brutal eh? yeah you know train all year long for a chance like this and then it's it's over then in an instant you know so uh yeah hopefully it can uh, be a lot faster yeah so many things can go wrong in so many different ways it's just it's unbelievable yeah it's the craziest sport that way well okay so that's uh yeah it's it's a relentless sport you know it's uh it is pretty unforgiving at times you know but uh but such a beautiful sport and so fun to watch you know as a fan and so it's it's as fun as it's been in a really long time uh for me um yeah there's all these young guys who are awesome but then there's some older guys too that are still hanging around like uh yeah you know and with trainings changed a lot and physio like our knowledge of physiology and diet and all of these things and people's careers can really be elongated especially in endurance sports um little explosiveness but you get you get crafty and you can hang around for a really long time like uh vincenzo Nibbly is Nibbly. In, yeah. He's he's only a minute back, right? And he's not a young guy anymore. Oh no, he's probably in his mid thirties, and uh, he's for sure a big, you know, big contender. I mean, he would be on my. I mean, I, I I think he's got a good shot at winning the whole thing. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, and a I mean, if I did bet right, if I did bet right now, I'd probably bet on him. Super smart, smart, clever. Yeah, um, yeah. He and he's you know he's ridden the Giro many many times and i think he's won it at least at least at least a couple times i believe so um i, I think he's a, i think he's the two-time winner we're gonna have to look i think that so up, yeah. But, yeah 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 uh but really experienced and you know that comes that's um that's that carries a lot of weight his experience so uh so yeah i'll i'll say i'm i'm uh, gonna go with him to win you're gonna pick him right now yeah why not who are you gonna pick Pete? 
Man. You got to pick somebody else. <laughs> Maybe yeah. this young kid from Portugal. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool story. It would be a crazy story. I'm just thinking about that. I'd love to see him do it, but he—I mean—he's not going to stay in the lead. This whole that would be almost unheard of to to keep the jersey for two two more straight weeks, right? They'd almost yeah, need to strategically be... let it slide at some point and try and grab it back. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, I'll let you think about it, and uh, yeah, we we'll right. have a little uh, friendly bat. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Um, okay, so that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to do a little recap of what's happening in the in the pros right now. Um, bummed to hear about Roubaix. It's it's um, it's so much fun to watch that race just because of the optics of the cobbles and everything, and it's just carnage. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's too bad. Um, but uh, you know, we'll turn turn our attention to Flanders if it's able to go on the Vuelta. And just first and foremost, we hope everybody hope these things continue to get pulled off and in an organized fashion, and that everybody stays safe with COVID because um, it's like day by day by day, hour by hour, with all of these things, right? And it's not just yeah, bike sure racing; it's just the world these everything, days. So everything, everything, yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that all yeah. keeps on the rails. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing I wanted to do because it doesn't really fit into any other pods is tell you a story about. Um, we're going to do a public service announcement for our listeners about bike theft. <laughs> so, um, like two, a year, a year and a half ago, uh, I was in Red Deer, which is North. You've been to Red Deer a number of times for yep. some charity events. Yeah. And I was there. And then I, I told you this, I told you about this in June when we were in Banff in 19, but I, I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but my, I had a hardtail S works mountain bike. It's a super sweet bike and I built it and it was like everything on that bike was custom and it got ripped off in Red Deer. Oh. Yeah. So I reported it to the police and did a police report and insurance. And I got paid out for insurance and I got a new bike and like everything was fine in the long run, right? But it was a mm. kick in the balls to have my my bike that I spent months putting together stolen. So um, but I stupidly did not have the serial number. So for somebody who's been obsessed with bicycles for as long as I have, that was a hard lesson. That was dumb. I should have had yep. the VIN number on it. Uh, but I, but insurance treated me fair. I got paid out, et cetera, et cetera. So about three weeks ago, I was scrolling through Facebook marketplace and I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's my bike. There's no way. Yeah. No way. And, and even the police told me, they're like, oh, it's going to be taken apart. It's got nice parts on it. Like somebody's going to strip that thing down, sell it in pieces, paint the frame. Like you're never going right. to see it again. It was like, like everything was there. It was, I even, I even had a shitty old saddle on it. Cause I just, I just had one in the garage and I was intending to replace it. Like yeah. even the saddle was the same. Totally As all is. there. So I was like, oh, and I, I wish I didn't see it because it drove me nuts because I wanted to try and get it back, right? Um, which I don't even know if technically I, sh I sh would have been entitled to it. Probably, if anything, the insurance company should own it because they paid me out on the bike. Sure, sure. But, um, you know, I talked to the police about it. I have, I have pictures of like scratches that lined up. I had a ton of pictures of the bike because like a lot of people who ride bikes, they take a lot of pictures of my bikes out on rides. Yeah. Uh, but they, they could not confiscate it without me providing the, the serial number for it. All right. So I, yeah. since 
dutifully recorded the serial numbers to all of the bicycles in my garage, on my kids' bikes, my wife's bike, all of them. And I will uh, continue to do so. So that's that's what we want to say to our listeners. Yeah. Keep re- record all your serial numbers in case your bike goes missing because it happens a lot. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and just by total fluke because the way the Facebook algorithm will work is that it'll, it'll show you ads in your immediate area first. And I guess I'd scrolled through enough ads that I got to Red Deer. It's still in Red Deer too. Wow. And I was like. God damn it, but uh, can't get it back. So well, it is lovely. And a shout out to uh, to Dan Richter from Cafe Roubaix in Cochrane, Alberta, who built me the wheels. And um, I asked him if there was any identifying like serial numbers on the hubs or the rims or something like that that I could use. There aren't. Um, but what he's going to start doing is under the rim tape, he's going to start serializing all of the wheels that he hand builds. So shout out to Dan if he's listening. He's, he's nice. awesome. And uh, I'm going to buy some more wheels from him when I can. So, so that's, that's a wrap on this one. Thanks again, everybody for listening and we will be back with another episode very soon.